You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome once again to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio, where the unexpected is expected and strange animals are the norm. I'm your host, Dusty Rainbolt. Thanks for tuning in today. Our guest is going to be Randy Russell, the author of Ghost Dogs of the South, and that's published by John F. Blair, and his brand new book, Ghost Cats of the South. But before we talk to Randy, it's time for this week's Bizarre Animal News. October 8th. The Swiss court muzzles emergency vets. The federal tribunal ruled that veterinary ambulances can no longer run with lights and sirens while rushing to animal emergencies, despite the fact that neighboring countries of Austria, Germany, and France can. Go figure. Recently, Swiss courts have adopted a number of interesting new regulations. In addition to banning sirens, no more toilet burials for goldfish. Also, yaks and llamas must be kept in pairs, and pigs have to have regular baths. So I guess maybe they're cleaning up the country a little bit. In other news, once again, cats get the short end of the deal. Sort of. On Friday, October 3rd, Reuters reported that a team of biologists have been recognized for the earth-shattering discovery that dog fleas can jump higher than cat fleas. The study was published in the October 2000 Journal of Veterinary Parasitology. Three French scientists from the École Nationale Veterinary de Toulouse took the Ig Nobel Prize for Biology. Their research determined that fleas living on dogs can and will jump further than fleas residing on cats, an average of 20 centimeters further. The Ig Nobel presenter was actually Nobel Laureate for Chemistry, William Lipscomb. The award ceremony, as always, was held at Harvard University in Massachusetts. Now, the research is the real deal awarded to published studies, but the Ignobles are a tongue-in-cheek alternative to the highbrow Nobel Prize. Unlike their prestigious counterparts that award millions of dollars in cash prizes, the prizes consist of cheap plaques. The winners even have to pay their own way to Harvard to accept the honors. Now, I don't know about you, but I have to wonder how many tax dollars went into funding these silly projects over the last 18 years. Former winning discoveries include the plastic pink flamingo, why woodpeckers don't get headaches, Viagra helping hamsters overcome jet lag, herrings who communicate by farting, and the team that electronically monitored brain cell activity while a locust watched highlights from Star Wars. 
Then there's my personal favorite, Robert A. Lopez, a veterinarian from Westport, New York, one for his series of experiments in which he infected himself with cat ear mites. His research was published in a 1993 issue of the Journal of the American Veterinary Medical Association. And I actually had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Lopez about his experiment back in 1999. He seemed normal. The awards are the brainchild of the editors of the Annals of Improbable Research, a bi-monthly humorous scientific magazine. Check it out at improbable.com. And in a final story... Economic times are tough everywhere, even in the land of Mitsubishi and Sony. From Harvard University, we rail to Japan, where another embroiled country is involved in world economic crisis. Just as Mothra saved Japan from total annihilation from Godzilla and Mechagodzilla, a humble kitty named Tama saved the Kishigawa rail line. Even without sitting through a single class of Economics 101, Tama boosted the 90-year-old Wikayama Electric Railway's revenue by 10%. In 2006, things were so bad that the subsidiary Kishigawa had to cut loose all its employees at the Kinokawa Railway Station, making it an unmanned facility. But unmanned doesn't mean unmanaged. Nine months later, the Transportation Corporation appointed a new station master at just a fraction of the salary of the old one. Meet Tama, a calico cat who was born at the station to a stray mother. You could say the calico has a station master's degree in public relations. People worldwide find her irresistible. Now, she's been supplied with her own uniform, including a cool little black station master's hat. The furry celebrity patiently poses for photos with tourists, and who wouldn't go thousands of miles out of their way to see that? A recent study, not involving fleas or farting fish, announced that Tama's efforts have resulted in a $1.5 million infusion into the local economy. Now, while Tama may be cheap, she's not free. The nine-year-old Calico receives cat food in lieu of a salary. Her promotion earned her her own office, a 1.8-square-meter room that once served as the ticket booth. It's equipped with ventilation and a toilet, and she gets Sundays off. Well, Tama has been so successful that she even has her own salaried human assistant to tend all her needs. The former stray now holds the fifth highest position in the entire company. The Japanese consider kitties a sign of good luck. It's reminiscent of the Japanese legend of the beckoning cat. Well, with ridership up by 17%, Tama certainly has brought good fortune to everybody involved. Maybe in these tough times, we should take a lesson from the Kishigawa rail line. If we want to get out of this economic mess, cancel the golden parachutes, fire the crooks at the bank and in Washington, and hire a cat. She has more sense. She brings more sense anyway. She's willing to work for peanuts, or rather kibble, and she certainly accomplishes something. Hmm, I wonder if it's too late to write her in for the presidential election. Well, that's the news. After this break, we'll be back with author Randy Russell. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Do you love your dog? Then you'll love feeding him mouth-watering, all-natural treats. Lovingly handmade by a professional caterer who wanted the very best for her dogs. Make no mistake about it. These are not ordinary dog treats. 
These are doggy delights, like breakfast banana biscotti, honey bear peanut butter balls, yummy apple cinnamon mini cakes, and so much more. Your dog will howl in delight. And now you can get a scrumptious sample pack by going to dingersdogtreats.com. It's a $25 value, yours for just $9.95 through this special radio offer. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Every one of these gourmet doggy treats is handmade from the finest ingredients and taste tested on our own dogs. Your dog will love them. Get $25 worth of doggy delights now for just $9.95. Go to dingersdogtreats.com now. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Yum. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome back to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio. Our guest today is Randy Russell the author of Ghost Dogs of the South, published by John F. Blair, and his spanking brand new book, Ghost Cats of the South. Randy, welcome to Pet Life Radio. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, now, have you ever had an encounter with a a ghost animal yourself? You know I have, and that's why I started uh, my my first work on ghost dogs. was uh, I lived with an indoor Great Dane, and and when she passed away... uh, Anyone who's had a Great Dane knows it has to be one of the noisiest experiences you can have when they go up and down stairs. And I lived in a small Victorian house with wooden stairs. And every day after she passed for for perhaps a month, uh, when I put the key in the front door, I would hear her come downstairs. Just uh, It sounds like a horse falling downstairs. (laughs) And you know, this may have been a trick of the heart. My wife heard it at the same time, too. But it got me to thinking about ghost dogs. I've done books on on ghosts, regular ghosts before. I've done ghost lore for perhaps 20 years. And I started asking friends uh, if they'd ever experienced their dog or a dog ghost. And I found out it was very common. People will feel their dog that's deceased uh, continue to get on the bed, for instance, at night. That's one one of the most common presences. As I researched and asked around, the stories became more complicated and, and people's ties to their dogs, it became apparent to me, are, are at least as close as family members. So it didn't seem un- unrealistic to me either. So how long ago did this situation with your dog occur? It seemed like weeks at the time. And, of course, there were times when I would just remember her as well, you know, and I would not think of that as a ghost experience. I also dreamed my dog having come by and visited after she had died. And I consider some dreams to be spiritual or ghost experiences. When when they happen uh, between people, 
I call them comfort visits. They're usually a comfort visit. A lot of people will experience a close relative coming by in a dream, uh, more or less showing that they're okay, and sometimes just flat out asking the person to stop mourning and tell them that everything's all right. And people will wake up in bed and just feel a, a relief. When people tell me these experiences, they ask me if that's a ghost. In my heart, it is. I think communication with people or animals from the other side is a ghost experience. Wow, I never really thought about it that way. Well, that's very interesting. Kind of puts a whole new dimension on it. Well, tell us about your books. Uh, Where did you get the accounts? I've researched folklore for 25 years. My my first published uh, nonfiction work was pretty much standard folklore, where I'd look up legends and visit the areas and talk to people who lived there. Over the years, I began to collect what I call first-person or primary source material, and I've always had a fascination with the ghost. And so I would just ask everyone I talked to if they've ever seen a ghost or if there was someone in their family had. And I now have um, perhaps three or 400 different accounts cataloged and they run the gambit of uh, complexity, time. The stories are sometimes very simple and sometimes very complex. They, they have beginning, middles, and ends. And one of the other common experiences with people ghosts are relatives returning to tell someone where something was hidden that needs to be found, and usually it's money. Dogs and cats are much more fun as ghosts sometimes. Uh, I've discovered, you know, dogs are playful and cats are playful, and they continue to do that as ghosts. And if you have one of those cats that jumps on people's shoulders when it comes in the door, I've had three or four people who've had those types of cats tell me after their cat died, they'll have someone visit who's never been to their house before and will feel something land on their shoulder. They'll actually grimace and brush it away and, and stumble around and say, what was that? And it surprises the people. Uh, they're not sure what it was until they think about it or talk to me. Wow, that's really shocking. I mean, I I can imagine going into somebody's house and all of a sudden having a cat jump on the shoulder. You know, I I wrote a book last year called Ghost Cats, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits, and I never got any stories like that. Most of mine of that nature were uh, cats jumping on the bed like they were sleeping in their regular old place. Did you have those experiences as well? Oh, absolutely. Not only people experiencing the dog after... It died when I was doing the dog research or the cat, but a surviving cat or dog experiencing a person after they've died is pretty common, too. Most people rather accept the idea that animals, are domestic animals, are somehow more sensitive to death than we are. Almost everyone believes that dogs know when someone dies. You know, it's an old folk tradition that when uh, a beekeeper, when someone who has bees dies, that you have to go tell the bees or they'll leave the hive. And it's uh, here in the mountains, we call it telling the bees. And it's kind of part of the mourning process. You go tell all the animals when someone's passed. One of the first stories I heard while I was promoting Dog Ghost was on air when I was on a TV station in Mobile, Alabama. And the lady interviewing me started telling me her experience and then started... Uh, sometimes these are very personal stories. She started crying on air and just kind of left me standing there for two minutes, and I rambled on about something. The cameraman kept the camera off her. But her father's dog, after he had died, would continue to get on the bed when he would normally go to bed and lay on its back and toss from side to side like someone was petting its belly. And that's what her dad did every night. 
Wow, that's creepy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, a, it's, it's kind actually of different. It, it really is. I've talked to a lot of people with cats in particular who have ashes brought home of a relative, and the cats react to the urn in uh, often dramatic ways without bothering it, but they'll walk around it, and one little girl who died her cat would play with the air above the air and it would bat at it like there were bugs there or something was there and just play it with it constantly like there was catnip inside. And uh, never knocked the urn over either, the lady told me. Well, now, did you find... I know that when people haunt places, even if it's somebody you love, it can be a very frightening experience. What about uh, the animals, the dogs and cats, the people that you interviewed were they disturbed by the appearance or did they feel comforted in most cases where there's a story we're talking about someone's pet and it was not a an extremely scary experience however just like human ghosts when uh, a ghost animal lives in an area it will scare intruders or visitors in nashville i heard the story of a ghost dog that would um, follow kids at halloween because it did every year of its life and would bump into them and it's credited with actually uh, saving the life of a Halloween trick-or-treater by a little three-year-old boy by pushing him out of the way of a car. Wow. And, you know, I, the people I talk to um, believe it in their heart that it happened, so I included that in my stories. I have cats in uh, Ghost Cats of the South that actually, I think cats are more territorial than dogs and that cats have a desire for a forever home. Dogs mm-hmm. sometimes will wander. But cats seem to really want to stay in one place and make it their home. And I I think this might add to cats haunting an actual location. You know, wherever they live, they're more likely to be there, perhaps, than, you know, a hound dog that wanders. So that would explain why people move into houses and there's a ghost cat that nobody knows his origin. Exactly, exactly. I just had a lady from New Orleans talk to me about her she found a ghost cat in her garage when she was eight years old in the house they had just moved into. And she would see it, and somehow she doesn't understand how. The cat let her know its name was Jonathan, and it was a little black cat. And she had two or three friends trying to think she must have been bicycle age, and they would go in the garage and play. And she said her friends would say, who's Jonathan, when they would come into the garage and spend time with her. And she was asking me if if I understood how cats might communicate, and I really had no idea. She said it didn't really talk, and it would sometimes have an aura and just walk around the garage and then disappear. But the cat let people know besides her that its name was Jonathan. And that's, that story really gives me chills. And what is that one called? It's not in the book. I've been promoting the book now for a couple of weeks, and the stories I'm hearing now are fresh on my mind. Well, that's going to be in volume two then. Why don't you tell us about a couple of the stories in the book? Well, Ghost Cats includes a few scary cats, since you mentioned it. And mm-hmm. they, I'm trying to think of, of different locations first, but there's a cat in Georgia that just lives in a, a cave. and Only one county in Georgia actually has caverns. And there's a cat inside the cave that if you touch it, will turn you cold. And it's called Ice Cold Kitty. And I've not been able to verify it entirely, but it's one of those isolated locations where a cat is supposed to live. And I've talked to three or four different people who didn't know each other in the area, and they've all heard the story. And I've never heard of a, an ice-cold kitty is what I call it before. 
and I follow two people who meet the cat one day in the summer in the book. I found in Savannah, Georgia, a cat that is supposed to live in a well and grant wishes, what I thought was just fascinating because, you know, throwing coins into a a well or into water to have a wish granted. It's a rather standard folklore item. You know, it goes back hundreds of years. Do you throw catnip down there? (laughs) Well, you know what? The story is a wet cat, more or less, will appear in the area of a closed well in this particular street. And people who are kind to it more or less pet it a little bit or feed it just a little bit and make friends with it will be granted wishes and it's kind of uh, kind of like rubbing the belly of the cat if you're if you can with this cat it's like rubbing Aladdin's lamp that's neat uh, now, is his name Aladdin <laughs> <laughs> well it will be now I, I have no name for this cat other stories are involve runaway cats of uh, truck drivers who see a cat on the road in Alabama have been known to stop for the cat and of course it's not there and uh, it began as, as a uh, the first trucker who stopped found a wrecked car off, off, way off in the ditch after seeing that cat and helped the people to safety from the wreck. And that's my, uh, I hate to use the expression on pet life, but it's run over flat cats. Uh, <laughs> we all know the, uh, the sadness of seeing an animal on the highway that's been ran over, and truck drivers probably see it more often than most. Well, unfortunately, you don't see any live ghost cats, so... <laughs> That's true. That's true. If they're out there astral projecting, they're doing that in a realm I don't research. (laughs) Well, what are your two favorite stories, your favorite dog story and your favorite cat story? My favorite cat story is actually, I call it a patch of fog. And it's in uh, the mountains in Virginia. There's uh, an area where if you drive through the fog with the window down on your car in the mornings, Mm -hmm. a ghost lives in that fog. And this is a ghost of an old woman. And she takes over your body because she needs your car and your body both. And she has passed away as an old woman, of course. And people who get the ghost, so to speak, end up feeling her age. They kind of become her. They lose a lot of their hearing. Their joints start aching. They don't see as well. They, they drive slowly. And the, the purpose of the ghost taking over the body is to feed the cat she left behind. Oh. And and when the person gets this ghost inside them, they end up going to a little mountain convenience store and buying cat food and taking it to a house way up in the hills where two cats live and are always welcome to be seen. And as the person who has the ghost feeds the cats, they also start getting their youth back or their natural age back, but they find themselves spending perhaps the most pleasant hour or two of their busy lives by spending time at that mountain cabin. And I, I just love this story. Oh, that! what a wonderful story, too. I'd love to be able to experience that. Well, we're running short on time. Go ahead and tell us your favorite dog story. <laughs> well, my favorite dog story has got to be my own. But from the book, there's well, I, I don't want to tell anything too complicated. Well, let's just leave it at that. Okay. And, uh, okay. Well, I tell you what. We've really enjoyed the stories. Can you tell our listeners where they can buy your books? Just about anywhere anybody has books for sale, Dusty. I, I, you can Barnes find and Noble, them. Amazon. Absolutely, or your independent bookseller would be happy to get it for you. I have a website too, where you could find a way to order it there. I don't know if that's of interest to people on the podcast or not. Go ahead and tell them where your website At is. www.ghostfolk.com. 
that kind of wraps up everything I do is on that website, and you can click through to a lot of other things. Well, Randy, thank you so much for taking time to speak to us today. These are just great stories. It's, it's neat to talk to somebody else who writes about ghost animals. As you know, Dusty, you start hearing your best stories after the book comes out, and that's starting now. And Anybody that has any kind of pet ghost experience, welcome to share it. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and do you have an email address, or can they reach you through the website? My email's right on the website. I put my telephone number on there. Everybody tells me not to, but so far no one's really bothered me. Well, you have all those wonderful little ghosts there to protect you. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Randy, thanks again for joining us. And now it's time for a quick break. We'll be right back after a word from one of our sponsors. Now time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick dog boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E. Dash to dash P-I-C-K dot com. Pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick. A B O N E dash T-O dash P-I-C-K dot com. Get 10% off with coupon code PetLife. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt. 
Welcome back to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank our guest, Randy Russell, for sharing his stories with us. I have a feeling it's not the last time we'll hear from Randy. Well, buckle your seatbelts, folks. It's time for our Haunted Travel Guide. This week, we rocket to Washington, D.C. And speaking of D.C., he's our topic. In the 19th century, when caretakers of public buildings kept cats around for rodent control, the U.S. Capitol building maintained a thriving population of felines in its depths. Now that pest control has been handed over to beans with just two legs, only one cat remains down in the bowels of the Capitol. He's one cat that no one in their right mind wants to tangle with. He's the dreaded demon cat of the Capitol, D.C. for short. According to an article that appeared in the October 2nd, 1898 issue of the Philadelphia Press, the Capitol at Washington is the most thoroughly haunted building in the world. Well, I don't know about that, but I can think of 20 places that claim to have more ghosts than the U.S. Capitol. But the article continues, Not less than 15 well-authenticated ghosts infested, and some of them are of a more than ordinarily alarming character. That alarming character is the demon cat. A visit by D.C. was reported in 1862 when a Capitol watchman shot at the creature. For a while after the attack, the demon cat was the topic of nightly conversations. D.C. usually makes his appearances in the basement of the Senate near the catafalque storage room. The catafalque is the raised ceremonial platform on which they put the president's casket when he lies in state. It's kept in the crypt beneath the Capitol Rotunda where the funereal supplies are stored. The possibility of running into D.C. makes the basement a place where angels and security guards fear to tread. Walking a beat alone in a 200-year-old building would be unnerving enough on its own, but without a threat of a massive black cat with a nasty disposition. But the sight of even the most innocent stray black cat meandering the basement is enough to make a grown man tremble, even when that grown man is a hardened lawman. Large paw prints permanently cast in the concrete project a constant reminder that that black cat may lurk just around the corner. Accounts have indicated that the cat waits until his victim is alone, and then he attacks. After the 1862 sighting, 35 years passed before another appearance occurred. Security guards came and went. D.C. ceased to be a nightly topic, although one or two of the senior officers would still speak about the cold black cat in fearful whispers. It finally re-emerged in October 1898. According to reports in 1862 and 1898, guards shot at the black cat that grew to the size of a tiger. Another guard, while rattling doorknobs, spotted a black kitty walking toward him. He froze, saying it felt as if he was encased in plastic. Did they have plastic back then? With glowing yellow eyes, the cat appeared to develop and swell, all the while drawing nearer. He grew to the size of a large dog. The man still froze helpless as the Doberman-sized panther charged him. The next step, he'd grown to the size of a lion, extending his claws and fangs. The guard, still paralyzed, watched the cat spring toward his face. Hopefully, it would be quick. One victim said it swelled to the size of a small elephant. Uh, can you say alcohol rehab? Then, when it was close enough for the man to see inside the beast's mouth, it simply vanished. Not all of D.C.'s victims have emerged unscathed. A few of them showed up with impressive domestic cat scratches. Unlike other spirits who show up randomly, the demon cat appears with the precision of Julius Caesar's soothsayer, as if to say, beware the Ides of March. Just as the soothsayer warned of death and disaster, 
Supposedly, so does D.C. They say this cat was spotted by a security guard prior to the Lincoln assassination, the week before the 1929 stock market crash, and again just before President Kennedy was shot in 1963, although I haven't been able to verify that. However, there was no report of the cat in recent decades or even prior to 9-11 or Hurricanes Katrina and Ike. Perhaps it did happen, but the Secret Service simply kept it a secret. We'll never know. Well, personally, I wonder if D.C. would respond to a little cat turkey treat or catnip. I'd sure love to give it a try. Well, it looks like the little hand has dropped to the bottom of the hour and we're out of time. And we were just getting warmed up. I'd like to thank my guest, Randy Russell, for joining us today. And while you're at it, don't forget to pick up a copy of my award-winning book, Ghost Cats, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits. You still have time to get a copy before Halloween. Check out my website, DustyRainbolt.com. And if you're having a behavior problem with your kitties, read my book, Cat Wrangling Made Easy. And finally, if you have a story about a paranormal pet, an animal haunting, a real Bigfoot encounter, or if you visited a hotel or public place that's haunted by an animal, you can contact me at Dusty at PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and may you always be in good spirits. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pet's ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>